On NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we talk about movies, music, and more, like why The Great Pottery Throwdown is a comforting binge watch, and a look back at some of Chadwick Boseman's essential performances. All of that in around 20 minutes every weekday. Listen now to the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. For NPR Music, you're connected to all songs considered. I'm Bob Boylan. Collaborations between artists we know and love can turn into really inspiring music. And that's just happened. Belinda Duterte, the artist known as Jay Som, has partnered with Ellen Kempner, better known as Palehound. Together, they're known as Bachelor. And here they are to tell us the origin story of this friendship and the song we're about to hear called Stay in the Car. Ellen and I have been fans of each other for years prior to meeting. I would watch Palehound vids in awe of her talent, and I'd fantasize about becoming best friends with her. We eventually played some shows together and kept in touch, and then the first time we met up to write music, Ellen flew to L.A. for a week, and we wrote a song together. We bonded over similar music tastes and jammed and laughed in my bedroom. After that initial recording session, it became pretty clear that we connected on a deep level and wanted to continue writing and playing together, so we ended up renting out an Airbnb in Topanga for two weeks right before the lockdown happened last year. The entire process was honestly just fun without the pressure you'd usually have when crunching in studio time. We would wake up late, relax outside on the back patio, jam on different instruments together, cook each other meals, watch an insane amount of TV, and just laugh nonstop for no reason. Our friendship is something that I cherish deeply, and it really feels like such a relief to finally release some songs and announce our album, Doom and Sun. We kind of started tracking this, like, scorching guitar part, and Melina laid down these, like, wild drums, and it totally reminded me of that feeling when I saw her. So I kind of just, like, finished the lyrics and put them to the song, and that's how it went. She's got a Chevy Double parked with the door swung What FM preacher the radio's high Hair in a tantrum Eyes like two shrieks of fire To her boyfriend behind the wheel Oh, 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 oh,
That's Bachelor, the music of Jay Som, along with Palehound. The song I played is called Stay in the Car, and there's an album coming from these two. It's called Doom and Sun, and it's coming out on May 28th on Polyvinyl. Now onto a very cutting but funny tune from an artist known as Wallace, and the song is Hey Michael. Hey, my name is Wallace, and I wrote Hey Michael about all the terrible guys that I've met in my life, or the guys that my mom and my sister and my friends have all complained to me about, their terrible dates and terrible ex-boyfriends they've had. And when they listen to this song, they're like, oh my gosh, is this about blah, blah, blah from last year? And I was like, no, but it definitely applies. <laughs> and it's crazy how it's such a shared experience as women in meeting these Michael type guys, like the skater boy. Why are we still attracted to them? Or the musician whose band is about to make it big and you've never heard of their band. Or the guy at the party who tells you why you should like Pulp Fiction and why you're wrong for not liking them, when really they should just let you have your own opinion and your own life. And of course, this isn't a hate all men song, and I don't hate all Michaels. I guess there's some nice Michaels out there. I've just met a couple of really terrible ones, starting with two of my mom's ex-boyfriends and one of my best friend's ex-boyfriends. And it's not only Michael, it's also the Kyles and the Brodies of the world, but this song is meant to be lighthearted and funny. I literally say, I think I want to start a fight. Which one is your girlfriend? So I'm not the best person in this song either. Um, it's just really a fun song. I hope you dance to it. And thanks for listening. Pretty friend, I'll push you in the 
That's Wallace in the song Hey Michael from a soon-to-be-released EP called Off the Rails. And if you're looking to find the music of Wallace, it's spelled W-A-L-L-I-C-E. The quartet based in Grand Rapids, Michigan, known as Major Murphy, has a song that morphs from tame to gritty. After I heard the song I'll play called Real, I poked around to find out who they were and noticed a big write-up about them from Waxahachie's Katie Crutchfield. With that wonderful endorsement in mind, here's singer and guitarist Jacob Bullard to tell us more about the song called Real. I wrote the song Real towards the end of 2018. I was a new parent, and the song lyrically kind of germinated from a moment where I was trying to teach my two-year-old how to breathe through their nose, which coincided with me also just starting to learn more about breath work and meditation, starting to practice yoga a little bit more. And despite being very inspired by those things, I was also having to work through quite a bit of doubt and cynicism kind of surrounding some of that and try to work through that and instate daily practices that um, would allow me to appreciate things kind of for what they are and not be as committed to expectations.
That's Major Murphy from their second album called Access, and the song I played is called Real. Now to Denmark and a band called Ice Age. The quintet has been putting out music for the past dozen years or so. I'm going to play a song called Shelter Song. My name is Elias Rønnenfeldt, and you're about to listen to my band Ice Age's Shelter Song. And um, yeah, it's a song about being out there in the greater un- unknown and kind of lost and kind of in the storm and, and looking for uh, for that thing that will pull you to some kind of redemption, I guess. I find it hard to know what to say about songs, so, uh, so let's have it speak for itself, so to speak. So 
That Shelter song is from Ice Age and their Seek Shelter album. It comes out on May 7th on Mexican Summer. A quick break. I'll be right back with a conversation with Rhiannon Giddens and also music that honors Leonard Cohen and Nick Drake. You're listening to All Songs Considered from NPR Music. This message comes from NPR sponsor Starbucks. Did you know Starbucks is committed to cutting their landfill waste in half by 2030? Starbucks is testing an idea a borrow-and-return reusable cup program to reduce single-use cups. In a handful of Seattle-area stores, customers can choose to order their drink in a fully reusable cup and return it on their next visit for credit on their Starbucks app. Learn more about this program and Starbucks' commitments to making a positive impact on the planet at starbucks.com planet. Support for NPR and the following message come from BetterHelp, offering online counseling. BetterHelp therapist Hesu Joe knows that lockdown has been hard on us as humans. We as people are hardwired to connect with others, which is why this whole time is so difficult. The connection that happens between people can be very powerful and how healing it can be to have a healthy relationship with someone. To get matched with a counselor within 48 hours and save 10%, go to BetterHelp.com songs. For NPR Music, you're connected to All Songs Considered. I'm Bob Boylan. There's new music from Rhiannon Giddens. And like many stories I'm hearing from musicians these days, this one came as a surprise not just to us, but to creators as well. It was birthed in quarantine at home. Well, actually not quite home. The North Carolina native and our Italian musical partner, Francesco Teresi, have been in Ireland and in lockdown. They made this album in a studio outside Dublin on a working farm. The album's titled They're Calling Me Home. I'm going to play the song Avalon, 
one of the original non-traditional tunes on the record. I spoke to Rhiannon Giddens last week about missing home and making music. It's a lockdown pandemic record. I mean, it wouldn't have existed in any other time. And it really does come straight out of me and my partner, Francesco, sort of grappling with what everybody's been grappling with, but um, and I guess in our own particular way, being locked down in Ireland, which is a adopted home, but not where we were. Each of us were born, and kind of the realization that being an expat in a new place, you know, being an expat and knowing that you can go home whenever you want is a lot different from being an expat and not being able to go <laughs> back home, right. you know. Right. And it kind of like, for me, it really brings me into the sort of subtle yet large differences between being an expat, being an immigrant, and being a refugee. And they're all varying degrees of privilege. And it kind of brings home my privilege to me in a way that I think is a really important way, because there are those of us who are very used to the idea of just being able to hop on a plane, hop hop in a car, and go home. You know, and there's lots of people all over the world whose homes don't even exist anymore because of war, who had to have to go somewhere else because of, you know, financial economics and don't have that ability, you know. And so it kind of like brings me into that space a little bit and also thinking about, you know, what exactly is home? Is it a concept? Is it a physical place? Is it emotional? Is it all of these things? And I was thinking about this the other day. It was like when you move to somewhere else through choice, you look for the similarities in the new culture and yeah. your culture, and that's how you build points of connection. When you can no longer go back home even to visit, you start feeling the differences. Oh, that's really interesting. So what what are some of those differences? Like, if you- like food and music, I feel like, are very similar <laughs> in the way that they evoke childhood feelings, nostalgia, the way that they... Comfort. Yeah, comfort, the way they connect you to a place. And so when you no longer get that little sip, you know, you can just go, you know, when you can kind of go sip from the well, when you can't do that anymore, you feel the lack of it even more. And that throws into sharper relief the fact that it's not around you and what actually is around you is different. And, you know, we found ourselves trying to recreate food. I'm making biscuits because I can't get them here. And Francesco has like bought a machine to make himself cappuccino because he can't, you know, he can't get Italian coffee. And, and we and we found ourselves doing that musically, and I mean that is the the nucleus of of the new record is us trying to create a little. I mean, we can't recreate our homes, our, our birth homes here, nor would we want to because we move. You know, we moved here, we're here, and this is our new home. But there's just these pieces of our of our birth homes that, musically speaking, you know, really came out in our sort of comforting ourselves through music because you know, <laughs> that's kind of what we had, which <laughs> just us playing together, you know, which is a great, great, amazing thing. I'm very lucky. Yeah, We're yeah. lucky to have it. But so in this song, Avalon, it's sort of, a, it's about coming home, but what is, what is home in the case of that tune to you? Yeah. Avalon's kind of a, a cross section of the two main themes really of the record. I mean, it's about home, missing home, what is home? And then it's also death. And so home obviously being, a euphemism also for that passage to the next whatever it is, you know, when we die. I find this always happens, like I write something, make it, and then think about all the things that (laughs) it means, (laughs) you know, afterwards. It's like, you never think about it making it, but then afterwards you're like, oh yeah. So like for me, Avalon is kind of operating on two different levels. The words, which are, you know, sad because it's talking about, a mother, a father 
who've passed on to the other side and you're kind of contemplating, okay, hopefully they're waiting for me where I'm, I'm going to go one day. Right. And then that's the joyful part of it. So it's, it's like, you know, there's the sad part of it, but then there's this kind of undercurrent of joy that kind of came out in the way that it was written and in the way that we performed it, which I think is the other side of the coin that we don't always get to, or we, I don't know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the one constant that we all have is that we will die, you know, and there's actually a comfort in that. That is something that is not a question, you know, how and when and why and all of these things that is, we don't know, we have no control over that. And I think that there is this thing that when you connect to the inevitability of it and the fact that that is the one, that's the one event after birth that we're all going to experience. I find admiration in the fact that someone finds comfort in that. I, I don't, I guess I'm not the believer in the next world and reuniting and seeing my loved ones again and, and even in my wildest dreams. And so. I don't, and I don't know that I am either. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That, that, that's fair. Yeah. You know, it's like, for me, it's because simply because we don't know why not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we don't know what it is. So like, it's very interesting because I've had been dealing this, with this with my eight-year-old, you know, who's been, he's kind of been focused on this for a few years. And I remember as a child being the same way, like my daughter is 11 and she never really thought about death in this way. You know, maybe it hits her later, but he will just out of the middle of nowhere go, what is the point of living if we're just going to die? <laughs> like, oh. seriously, we'll be like talking about transformers <laughs> or something. And then he comes up with this and I'm just like. And so it really makes me think, you yeah, know, yeah, there you go. what do I say? And so for me, it's like, we have this beautiful day, we have this moment. And no matter what, it is something that we're all going to go through. So simply because we know that that is there waiting for us, that gives us ever more reason to take every minute, right? Because otherwise, that I appreciate, yes. you know, and so I think that's for me, Avalon is like, you've had your life and that is a thought that a lot of people have in terms of it's not about you know well who cares if what happens in this life at least we have the next one that's not it at all it's more like that would be a beautiful thing but i'm not ready for that quite yet and <laughs> and it kind of keeps me you know like looking towards that and like there's that joy of thinking about that because no matter what you believe even if you don't believe in anything happens after we die, like we go back to the earth, like our bodies decay, we're still going back to the earth. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot of different ways to meet somebody yeah. <laughs> in another world. <laughs> and for me, it like connects. I guess this this gets back to, I mean, I won't belabor this point because I know this is like an interview about a record and not deep philosophical thoughts about life, but... I think even that knowledge of we came from something and are going back to something that's vaster, way vaster than we are individually mm -hmm. is amazing. And mind-blowing, yes. It is mind-blowing. It should be <laughs> mind-blowing, yes. no matter what you call it or what it is or whatever. Yeah. So that's kind of what I feel like I'm tapping into with these death songs. It's like it connects me to a greater sense of humanity. It's like no matter what that person, Lucy... Australopithecus, like millions of years ago, went through this thing that I'm going to go through. And so I'm not special. You are, but yes. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like we're, yes. we're, we're yeah. just like everybody else. And that's a beautiful, comforting thing to me. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm a weirdo. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. Let me share the song Avalon with everybody. And uh, so grateful for this, uh, 
for this new record. Thank you. Um, they're calling me home is what it's called, and it comes out April 9th. Thanks, Rhiannon Giddens. Thank you.
Rhiannon Giddens, the album she made with her partner Francesco Teresi is titled They're Calling Me Home, and it's out April 9th on Nonsuch Records. Sisters Joanna and Clara Soderberg from Stockholm are the duo known as First Aid Kit. They fell in love with the music of Leonard Cohen long ago, and in 2017, sparked by Leonard Cohen's 2016 death, they hosted a series of concerts honoring that brilliant Canadian poet and singer. Those two nights of shows in Stockholm featured regional musicians, poets, a choir, and more. It's now a tribute album called Who by Fire. And here from First Aid Kid is Joanna to introduce us to their performance of Leonard Cohen's 1971 song, Famous Blue Raincoat. Hi, this is Joanna from First Aid Kit, and you're going to hear our take of Leonard Cohen's classic song, Famous Blue Raincoat. We discovered this song when uh, we were teenagers going through our parents' record collection. They had his greatest hits record from 1975, which has Famous Blue Raincoat on it. And uh, we were immediately drawn to the song because um, of its dark and eerie mysterious qualities and the lyrics are just through and through brilliant it's kind of unclear exactly what the song is about but i think it paints this interesting picture and uh it has classic lines like our favorite thanks for the trouble you took from her eyes i thought it was there for good so i never tried and in 2017 clara and i did a series of tribute shows to our hero leonard cohen who had just passed away at the Royal Dramatic Theatre in Stockholm, our hometown. And we did this song with our friend, Maya Francis. Um, We thought it was fun to play around with it and make it very different from the original. Um, Maya has a very high-pitched, distinct voice, uh, almost Kate Bush-like, and it gives the song a, a different feeling. We really hope you enjoy this one. Older. Your famous blue raincoat was torn 
the bells that still can ring forget your perfect offering there is a crack a crack in everything that's how the light gets in ring the bells that still can ring forget your perfect offering there is a crack a crack a crack a crack 
how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. That's how the light gets in. First Aid Kit, performing Leonard Cohen's famous blue raincoat along with their friend Maya Francis. It ended with a poem there called Anthem, performed by Nina Sanjani. That's from the album Who By Fire, a 20-song live tribute record to Leonard Cohen, and that album is out now. Another great poet and songwriter from the late 60s and early 70s was Nick Drake. Unlike Leonard Cohen, Nick Drake didn't find an audience during his short life. His records barely sold and were often hard to find. In fact, it wasn't until Volkswagen used his song Pink Moon in a TV ad back in the late 1990s that his music got to be known. These days, Nick Drake is a legend. I bring up Nick Drake thanks to a new song by the artist known as Skull Crusher. It's called Song for Nick Drake. It's from her upcoming second EP called Storm and Summer, and that comes out April 9th. Helen Ballantyne, better known as Skull Crusher, is here to take us out with this Nick Drake-inspired song. I'm Bob Boylan for NPR Music. Take care, everybody. It's all songs considered. Song for Nick Drake is about the moments in my life that I felt most immersed in um, Nick Drake's music and kind of how that experience of being so connected to someone through uh, their work has helped me kind of navigate what it means to release music and also just thinking about how kind of crazy it is that you can feel so um, close to someone uh, kind of having never met them and I think you know sometimes that can be really overwhelming for me as an artist but when I kind of reflect on all of the times that I spent um, really considering Nick Drake and, and who he was through his music, it, it kind of makes me feel really at ease and really at peace with the work that I do. Yeah.